SBC Media. Hello and welcome to Cinema Reels, the gambling movie podcast where we talk about which movies are definitely, definitely getting it right and which movies are stuck in cinema customs. I'm Jessica Wellman, lifelong film student and editor of SBC Americas. I'm joined in person with my favorite duo, John Cook and James Ross. Uh, Guys, I'm in Manchester. You're in my home city. How are you finding it? So far, I mean, I don't really have like a, I didn't come in with an opinion of Manchester per se, so it's hard to like know where it lands because it's... I was the exact same when I went to Toronto. I had no idea what to expect from it and came away thinking it's just a metropolitan city. Yeah, I was like, it's a city. Yeah, but I feel like you've come on the first two days you're here, you've experienced what Manchester truly is like. It's a mixture of pouring down rain and glorious sunshine all in like the same day, pretty much. And that's Manchester in a nutshell. Yeah, and unfortunately, Jess has also had me up in Manchester, so I took I think, her unfortunately, on. we've both had you up in Manchester. Oh, how very <laughs> kind of you. So we went out on a bit of a wild tour of Manchester last night as well. I basically kidnapped Jess for the evening, which I thought was quite funny. I'm so happy I used my child to get out of that one. <laughs> yeah. It's not as bad as you think. It uh, was quite a good evening. It was quite a trek, which is my very clumsy segue into our our little opening question of this podcast what is your favorite you know we well you drove down too from london so this works too you went on a road trip yesterday here's the question what's your favorite road trip movie so i had this sprung on me pretty recently in terms of a question so you you got a little bit of a brief and i'll caveat this with the fact that i am an 80s child so i was sort of 17 18 19 when things like american pie and everything like that came out so unfortunately i was one of those people that watched those films for obvious reasons um my favorite road trip film i should be saying thelma and louise but i'm not it's euro trip which is is an absolutely trash film (laughs) but it's just fantastic Oh, respect for that one. I'll give you that. Um, So I mentioned this to you just earlier that I've had a glass shattering moment where in a previous episode of one of these cinema reels that we've done, you've both agreed that I had the worst film knowledge. Yeah. Film taste, shall we say, not knowledge. Uh, And I absolutely agree with you now after the past few days. And this being my favorite film is not going to change your opinions on me at all. Paul. I'm sorry, what? Paul? Paul. P-A-U-L, the one with the aliens. So uh, I have a question, Jess. Do we need to do the rest of Cinema Reels with James? <laughs> that decision is appalling. I, I mean, this is a movie that, like, once you said it, I remembered it existed, yeah. and now I resent you <laughs> for, like, reminding me this thing kind of came and went. I always go through films in kind of, going to films with kind of low expectations, so I can kind of just enjoy what I'm watching. And with Paul, I, I honestly, I looked, I watched it. I thought it was funny. Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, I like them two as a duo. Not a massive fan of um, Seth Rogen, but he kind of added a nice little element to it. And I also like the allure of Roswell and the mystery around it. So that kind of in a comedic 
atmosphere was kind of funny. I mean, I guess it's not a cartoon, so we've got it's better than it's, it's close. I was fully expecting him to say cars. Yeah, or <laughs> Incredibles, or something similar. Or... Is Incredibles a road trip? I, there no. is a road trip in it because they go off to like the like island to go and get their yeah. suits for the kids and plane. all that sort of stuff. Not a road. They drive okay. in the incredible car. Come on, man. It's an incredible car. All yes. right. This is getting off the rails, and I'm going to bring it back onto the highway. Uh, I am going to go with the movie that made it super uncool to drink Merlot, Sideways. Huh? I've never heard of that film. What? No. Never heard of it. And why did it make Merlot uncool? <laughs> it's just, it's a, a, the most like famous line in the movie is when Paul Giamatti's character, they're on like a wine trip right. for his best friend's like bachelor party. And uh, he's like, they're going to meet up with girls and he's like a wine snob. And he goes, if anybody's drinking Merlot, I'm leaving. Okay. Yeah. And, and it's, I'm not drinking any effing Merlot. Like that's Okay. You have it was nominated for Best Picture, Alexander Payne. Yeah, this is where you top trumps us both. Yeah, seriously, your film knowledge I, I is a lot broader than this. This pod immediately. Yeah, it's just gone out the window. I, I will watch it. I promise you. Can I change my answer really quickly? No, because not one sprung to my head, <sighs> and it's actually a really great film, and it's going to be better than Paul. I promise. Is it less embarrassing than Paul? Yeah. Okay. Green Book. Oh, God, that's more embarrassing How than How is that more old... embarrassing? Oh, that movie's terrible. I really liked Green Book, Viggo Morrison. No comment. Okay. You know what? We're just going to put this in a drawer and pretend <laughs> it never, never happened. happened. <laughs> All right. You guys know the drill. We're going to break down a gambling movie now. If you have not seen the movie Rain Man and you don't want it spoiled, Turn off the pod now, because we're about to spoil it completely and talk about it in depth. With that out of the way, the road trip movie. Rain Man tells the story of the Babbitt brothers, Charlie and Raymond, who embark on an unexpected trip with unintended consequences after their father dies. Older brother Raymond is an autistic savant, while Charlie is a wheeling and dealing car salesman who finds he is in over his head dealing with his brother's peculiarities and needs. The film swept the major Oscar categories 35 years ago. It won Best Picture, Best Director, Screenplay, and Actor. But we're going to ask ourselves, does this movie hold up today? So, Rain Man, initial thoughts from you guys. I don't think we've done like a big prestigious one awards kind of movie yet. Do you think it deserved these kinds of awards? Top line thoughts. Loved it, didn't love it. Adored it. I thought it was a great film. I, I always thought it was a great film when I first watched it. Um, we'll get into opinions of Tom Cruise potentially later. Um, but I really, really enjoyed the film. And I remember the episode we did at Casino where I was just, I loved the film, rewatched it, hated it. Well, my being of it just dropped, not with this. Like Dustin Hoffman's performance was perfection for me. I think he really did that role on that kind of topic justice it wasn't insensitive it wasn't offensive the way he betrayed someone with autism it was quite accurate actually so from recent experience that i've had with a friend of mine who has an autistic child is really well done and just the relationship with tom cruise's characters and their non-known brothers at the time i thought it was just really good i similarly had watched it when i was younger and revisited it for the first time in probably like, you know, 15 years, something like that. 
And I think what struck me the second time around was I was perhaps, I was probably a teenager when I watched it. I don't think I fully appreciated how much this is a movie of, of reactions where you're watching what someone is responding to and, you know, really just taking the way that those two actors play off of each other. Uh, and so I liked it even more the second time as well. I thought it was exceptional. I think this is possibly in the top 10 movies of all time for me. Wow. I think Rain Man is an amazing film. It's a film of its time in the sense of just the quality of the picture, the cars, everything like that. Everything ages in that. But the characterization of each of those two actors is extraordinary. And we'll also get onto my views of Tom Cruise uh, later into this. I think we're going to agree on this as well, uh, which is rare. But both of them together were unbelievable. And it's... So in the acting world, there's the person who's delivering the line and then there's the person that's doing business in the background. Both of them within this film, the business that they do when they're not delivering lines or when they're trying to do it, it's so natural. It's so, it's so, it's just, it's what actors should do. They should be the person. Sometimes you watch a film and you can see that the actor is acting. They're believable. But you're like, that's still Tom Cruise. In this, he's Charlie Babbitt, and he epitomizes Charlie Babbitt. Dustin Hoffman is just extraordinary. The thing, too, about it is, like, for, for people listening who were not present for, you know, 1988, and I was, you and I were both young, but I very much remember this growing up. Nobody knew about autism uh, before Rain Man. Mm -hmm. So... We now, you know, you know people on the spectrum, you have met and interacted with them, you've seen depictions of them in media. What's so crazy to me about the Dustin Hoffman thing, and he did, like, he is a methody kind of actor, mm. he went and spent time with them, but, like, to create that performance with, like, basically the absence of a blueprint of what it looks like. Mm. I. I think people now probably would watch it and not give him as much credit as he deserves for, you know, I think this movie somewhat justifiably gets bagged on for presenting a stereotypical idea of autism. Mm -hmm. uh, to be, you know, specific, Dustin Hoffman's character has savant syndrome, which is not common at all in autistic people, where he has maybe limited social functions and can understand social cues but is a genius at math and that sort of thing i think that the problem is less that rain man is this very specific version of autism and the problem is more that we haven't had more people expand on where this movie started so yeah that's my little soapbox like don't get mad at rain man for being like the stereotypical kind of getting autism wrong guy be mad at the industry that we haven't figured out more to do i don't think he got autism wrong that's the thing so when i watched this film i didn't think his performance was wholly offensive i thought his performance was actually quite like you said for the time there's very limited kind of examples of what you probably could have gone on i actually think he did quite quite a good 
not a realistic job, but a strong performance in portraying autism. Yeah, offensive is maybe not the right word. It's just more like this idea that an autistic person will simultaneously, you know, have trouble socializing or struggle to, you know, um, be empathetic and that sort of thing and simultaneously be a math genius. You know, like autism does not equal. There is a very, very um, distinct link between types of autism and actual super it, in this instance it's almost like a superpower it's almost like an extended well, so extended it's... elevated uh, ability and i too we've probably all got experience with people on that side of things <laughs> i too have had a friend had friends grew up with a kid who who was autistic but he was super super sociable but still well, autistic yeah but he was also a math genius. Then there was another another kid that I know uh, now within my wife's family, who is really far down on the spectrum. Yeah, but he's actually his memory is extraordinary. Mm-hmm. It's almost ide- it's is it eidetic? Photographic. Uh, memory. Yeah, it's like a, it's like he will take things in, particularly around comedies. So he will be able to quote every single line of friends for example or only fools and horses and he will go through it but he will quote the same line for two months but he you then push him to another point and he'll just give you the line back it's extraordinary and there are abilities within that so i actually think his portrayal is pretty sound but it's the first time but it's interesting because it kind of it kind of sparked a few films from there in terms of looking at people who were in um They had different types of issues with their health, particularly mental health. You then go on Awakenings, Robert De Niro and Robin Williams. Very similar kind of new educational film, first of its type to look at things. So I think this sparked off a series of films that actually uh, allowed people and allowed directors and actors and so on to then investigate more interesting characters. But then we, you know, then it kind of evolved to that tropic thunder like yeah, yeah, jump yeah, the yeah. shark moment where <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like maybe this isn't the best thing to do you know having these people portray it. so since you both mentioned tom cruise i'm gonna say i think dustin hoffman justifiably won an oscar for this movie i i like tom cruise and lots of things um and i see some raised eyebrows so uh, about to get something different but i think it's probably criminal how much his performance is underrated in this movie because oh, yeah. dustin hoffman gets all the credit i almost think it's arguably harder to play charlie and be the person who is respond because it's like you start the movie and he's a jerk yeah, you know yeah. and you he has to maintain that he is kind of a jerky person who is like kidnapped an autistic person to try to like ransom his brother Mm. for money and along the way believably just play 200 levels of exasperated while simultaneously you know getting us to kind of buy in that this guy is likable and worth cheering for yeah and i think he's i think the portrayal of the role in terms of being the multiple levels of uh arsehole is one thing, but within that, you also have to go down the point of 
he's transitioning to actually becoming to having an affinity with his brother and the development yeah. of that relationship as an actor that's a real tough thing to do to still portray a horrendous person essentially but try and get like you say the audience to like them by them becoming actually quite a sweet character and a sweet brother I but think, in a way that's still believable in a way that's entirely believable now so here's the thing tom cruise in this film what was the what was the was it best actor or was it best supporting actor that Hoffman got actor actor so here's the thing you're totally right he Tom Cruise is undervalued in this film is he a supporting actor in this film or are they equally both actors it's, I think it's co-leads yeah I think it's co-leads on that side of things and he holds this up really well even the relationship with his girlfriend that you see for a little bit that is kind of atypical 80s uh, sort of banker slash wheeler dealer guy relationship and the way that it would have the way that some of these guys would have been in terms of disrespectful basically to the girlfriend absolutely disrespectful to even play that is quite a challenge because no matter what you think of Tom Cruise in terms of his acting ability which is outside of this film questionable he comes across a kind of a nice enough guy. He has his weird moments of jumping on the sofa, shouting about Katie Holmes and so on on that chat show and all of the weird antics around Scientology. Scientology. Maybe we shouldn't say that. Um, he is like, you kind of believe he's a nice guy as a whole, but the dude cannot act. And the only reason that he's such a big superstar was because he was good looking enough to get into films when he was younger. This film in itself, he got his teeth fixed, he got involved with Scientology, has funding behind him, builds a production company, and then he's arrogant enough to build a whole attempt of James Bond in Mission Impossible, which, by the way, are a horrendous set of films. Just for any Scientologists out there listening, we do not discriminate against you. We do like you and we do not want to be cancelled by they're you. They're going to be waiting outside our house. Yeah. What did we get done You have caused this? us to be gaslighted by the Scientologist people. Um, I am going to respond to you because I actually don't think we're going to agree too much. Oh, oh wow. Your facial expressions were totally opposite to that. We're going to agree on some things. Um, this performance of Tom Cruise in Rayman brilliant i'm going to give some context to actually my thinkings behind it though when i first watched the film it was the first tom cruise film that i watched and i hated him from his performance and i think in hindsight he did such a great performance in me hating him that i actually started to hate his whole career from yeah, his own performance yeah, yeah because i just thought he was an arrogant prick to, sorry to be vulgar there um but re-watching it i i genuinely think he's a he had a great performance in this. I think his early days as an actor, he's had some great films. Top Gun is a great film. I actually think the first few Mission Impossibles are decent films. <sighs> um, you've got, was it Vanilla Sky? Or Vanilla? Yeah, Vanilla Sky. Yeah, Vanilla Sky. That I, film. I thought it was a really. Owes me oxygen. I think a lot of things owe you oxygen, to be fair. Oh, yeah, that movie was preposterously stupid. It was but... ridiculous. Well, I think Tom Cruise's early stuff is fantastic. I think Cocktail's his... great. All the Right Moves. Love that one. Born mm. on the 4th of July. Yeah. Love that one. His later films is where he goes downhill in my books, and I think he then becomes this family guy meme 
I'm just running in his films constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so my thing with Tom Cruise and going back to kind of what you were saying, John, is there's a difference between being a like actor, like a thespian and being a movie star. Yeah, correct. And Tom Cruise is a movie star. He's playing some ver in his successful films. He's playing some version of Tom Cruise. I think you this could say he's the last movie star. Maybe it's a personal opinion, but I don't have that kind of. I don't have that over Tom Cruise to be honest. But Will Smith, I just I can't get behind. Can't. What was the last big film that Will Smith did in my eyes? Can't think of one. Aladdin. I was waiting for him to say Shark Tale because I was like, <laughs> but like, what has he voiced? Pursuit of Happiness is probably Pursuit of Happiness is a beautiful film. Yeah. I thought that was... And that his, showed his but ability. But, like, Will Smith kind of has the same thing that Tom Cruise has for me, which is when they want to go do something that's not being Will Smith or being Tom Cruise, and they want to, you know, go be in Concussion or go be in Ali or go be in Magnolia, it's very hit and miss for me when they're trying to, like, play a character versus just be the persona that people like. And I yeah. think in Rain Man, it's it's still a riff on this like kind of cocky, arrogant, smooth talking guy that Tom Cruise is kind of known for playing. But there's just a lot more depth there for him to enhance the Tom Cruise persona performance with like a lot of pathos. Yeah. So here's the thing for me, and this is the last thing I'm going to say about Tom Cruise because I think we actually need to talk about Dustin Hoffman a bit more. Um, I cannot name a Tom Cruise movie that isn't a Mission Impossible film. I think we've just named a list of them. Other than, no, other than Maverick 2 since Mission Impossible started. I can't name. The Mummy. Oh, God. <laughs> no. Well, Jerry Maguire is same, the same year as that. Mission Impossible, but... Um, was it the same year? 96, yeah. I would not have put those two together. Wow, 96. I am a big Jerry Maguire fan. Yeah, I like that film. Oh, me, the money. Yeah. yeah. Um, digression. So, Dustin Hoffman. Yes. His portrayal of Raymond is so good that you can see when he interacts with anyone other than Tom Cruise in the film, you can see the ability of the actors and actresses based on their reaction to the way that he is playing a certain element of the film. The waitress in the in the breakfast Oh yeah, room the where he matches. drops the uh, cocktail sticks. Wasn't oh yeah, Toothpicks. drops the cocktail sticks. Yeah, she lost it. Like you can actually see, she is not acting; she's just being her herself and delivering the lines based on her herself because she found it so believable. I think his characterization in that film, yeah, it's over at some at some points, but his characterization in that film was fantastic. And we will go on to talk about the gambling side of things and everything along those lines. So I'm not going to go too deep into that film, but some of it, it's comedy genius as well. Like the way that he, well, the sex scene, right? That's the one that most people can, yeah. most people can sort of the impression of. When you said comic genius, my eyebrows just raised. I was like, what part is he on about here? But so I the way is that yeah. so it's so straight, it's so serious, and the way that he's playing the playing the character, you feel the comedy of the moment. It's not, it, and that's what makes sort of comic actors so great. You feel the comedy. You don't just laugh. 
and some of the elements within this is delivered in a way that you feel the comedy of the actual time what's going on in the film i got i get totally immersed into this film every time i watch it and it is one that i will watch on a rainy sunday afternoon when you have absolutely nothing to do it will be like oh rain man it's one of those movies too where they take the time to plant all of these seeds to plant the tapioca pudding, the wheel of fortune, the who's on first thing, the judge, or what is it, people's court? He needs yeah, to watch yeah. people's court. And the, it keeps going throughout. And then every time it comes up, it just feels more and more satisfying, like that we get into his routine. Mm. And it becomes almost this like funny thing where you're, it is. I think this movie is funnier than I remember. Just the fact Tom Cruise being like, "Yeah, yeah, you know, we gotta gotta get you to your this and that," and just getting exasperated with him. Uh, real quick, I know we've talked about Hoffman. We talked about Tom Cruise. I just want to say Valeria Galino plays Susanna, the girlfriend. Yeah. I think part of it is this is a well-written female character. She's not some thankless girlfriend mm. that. But like, I went and looked her up, and other than Big Top Pee Wee or Pee Wee's Big Adventure, I've never seen her in anything. But I, I left this film being like, why isn't this person in more movies? Because I thought she was fantastic. Is that Pee Wee film? It Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I've heard of it. You like Pee Wee Herman? Yeah. Okay, look it up. What? I, nope. We will unpack this at a later date, Jessica. We do not have time for this. I, this would be like two hours of my life understanding how you watch every cartoon known to man, but Pee Wee isn't known to you. I can't. I can't go well, there. Well, let's be entirely honest. We do know James was born in a cave and kept under go. the stairs. Here we go. I know. <laughs> this is, I mean, apparently they hid Valeria Galino under there after this movie. and <laughs> She didn't do anything else, but... Uh, her dancing with him in the elevator that is beautiful that scene I do like that scene that is just breaks my heart absolutely glorious but the other thing as sort of the time when I was first watching this film and it was probably sort of same time as I was watching things like Eurotrip and stuff like that my lord I was in love with her genuinely but like you say never appeared in another movie again and I'm not a big Pee Wee Herman fan but I do know of the character I do know of the films um but I haven't seen that. Oh. Um, but yeah, I mean, she deserved strong roles. And I think that's kind of a bit of a thing about Hollywood at that time. And to a certain extent, it's changing gradually, but it still does seem to be those that sort of, you had the huge starlets of the sort of 20s through, and then that kind of disappeared. Yeah. And then it became these super male actors, of which both Hoffman and Cruz are. Yeah. The studios got behind them because they were the money men. They were the people that could make money. I don't think there was many. I can't name many. And you're talking even people like Meryl Streep, all of those people. They were always positioned against big, strong male guys as well it was only later in their career where they started to take on the take on holding the film from an actress's perspective you guys are testing the very but i've got six hours worth of response (laughs) to this that i don't have time to do right now because we have to talk about it but like 
hello, this was 1988. Julia Roberts was the biggest box office oh, star. Oh, yeah, Julia Roberts. Like, you were way, way off base on this one. No, 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 no. But Julia Roberts as big as Tom Cruise, as big as Hoffman. Yes. Look at Pretty No, I don't have time for this. You but guys that, are trying to distract me. Yeah, but me. Pretty Woman was based on looks. Oh, you think Richard that, Gere carried that movie? I don't think so. I think he was the one that got he was the one that got that got through. He was probably the first one cast. Well, that's Roberts the movie that really a, made her a star. But yeah. Anyways, okay. I have to talk about gambling now. Please Stop do. trying to tempt me with making fun of you all. All right. Uh this is another one. I feel like a kind of a running theme in our gambling movies is it's only like a section of the film, but this is a fairly substantial section of the film. Essentially, the entire third act takes mm. place in Vegas. Some things. So keep in mind, I had I hadn't been to Vegas in the 80s, and maybe this is different, but it was very funny to watch like when they get to Caesar's Palace. The entrance that they go through, at least as long as I've known Vegas, you would literally have to like parallel park on las vegas boulevard and go through the front entrance it would be impossible <laughs> like it, it just is so that's like one of my little nitpicky things but the blackjack is really what people talk about yeah. with this movie uh thing to be said it is not illegal to count cards they can ask you to leave they can 86 you if they realize that's what you're doing but you're never going to go to like jail for it um, because it's just an advantage play kind of thing. So that's one kind of misconception I think people got from this movie. Here's the biggest thing that I think they got wrong. Because most of the blackjack is correct. They're dealing with a six deck shoe, which means he's got six decks worth, not just 52 cards. He's got, you know, 312 cards in his head counting because it's a six deck shoe. All of that is kind of right. What I don't understand is this makeover that they do before they get to the tables. Like, why, why is that why necessary? Did I get... <sighs> Again, maybe the 80s were different. Now, you can show up in, like, a tank top and boxer shorts and sit down at a high roller table and they're going to take your money. Yeah, uh, Vegas I guess think... it's changed a lot, though, since even when I first went there to now, in terms of, uh, like... I, I may be entirely wrong, and um, to be entirely honest, I have not sat at tables long enough, and probably not sat at tables as much as you may have, to really have an opinion on this being a stand. But when I would like when I went out in the evenings with my friends and stuff like that, and and my wife and so on, people were dressed up during the daytime. They're like in shorts and vest tops, and yeah. But it's kind of the evening dressed up thing. And I think they utilized that sort of, that kind of makeover piece to almost add a little bit more to the, these guys are brothers, remember, develop, yeah, stuff, yeah. develop the relationship on that side. And I mean, this, that must have been actually quite fun to do. Yeah. Is it the bit where Dustin Hoffman's literally running around without hands on? Yeah. Yeah. That, it must have been quite like, it's fun It's a fun to scene, do. and I guess maybe they're trying to, play the part of high rollers like to just be pedantic and nitpicky it's strange to me that you would throw the cards out of the car as opposed to like let him become more familiar with the rules and stuff yeah. while they're driving it's strange to me that wouldn't you go to like a dumpier casino yeah, first test it out and test it out before you sit down at like a high roller table um and and do this 
And then it's strange to me that they were explaining like Raymond is somebody who doesn't necessarily grasp like rules mm. and systems very well. He, but like all of the rules that come with blackjack, he seemed to he understand right away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, that part, I was like, that's a little weird to me that it doesn't, it, it seemed to come too easy to him. I get that the keeping track of the big cards in the deck would be simple for him. But all of like the particulars of the game and the rules. But you then go back to the breakfast scene with the waitress. He rem he basically memorizes the, the, phone book. the phone book. So memorizing a rule a rule book of blackjack is going to be pretty simple versus memorizing the whole of a blooming phone book. But is he memorizing? Rules but who on is numbers? he memorizing it from? He's just did he not get given it from Charlie, who's explaining how it works? Uh, He's not, okay. He didn't have like a book with the, the rules thing. of blackjack. Yeah, yeah, fair. Uh, the so, other and in that instance, you kind of question: Well, would he have listened? I also like my probably favorite moment in the whole movie is that. Uh, Raymond gets like enticed by this wheel of fortune thing. Yeah. And that there's that moment where Charlie is like, maybe he can mathematically <laughs> figure out where this wheel is going to land. Like, maybe he is a magical elf. <laughs> like, that moment of like, well, let's put money on this. That I loved that. But that was quite cute. That yeah. was quite cute in terms of script writing and sort of yeah. and screenplay. It was cute. Uh, I will say, finally, the one last preposterous thing about this. No showgirl is, like, coming out from, you know, the stage to watch somebody play blackjack in the middle yeah. of the casino. <laughs> oh, so, oh, it's like, why is this showgirl doing this? They do get, you know, lots of things right. I loved when they were like, don't touch the cards because if you ever are sitting at a table, they're like militant. They'll be like, put your phone away. Don't touch the cards. And you. Uh, so that part was was very spot on too. Feel for these podcasts because we speak so much about Vegas itself and casinos. I really need to experience Vegas. G2E, man. I feel like I need to experience Vegas because you make it sound so fun. I'm <laughs> just, just that just entertaining. Just in itself. All right. Uh, let's get to, I, I mean, I, we're going to do this piece, but I'm, Although, you know, knowing John, you're going to slow roll me on this. Is this movie, Rain Man, better or worse than Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels? <laughs> Don't, you just said, can we please go back to the moment in the podcast where John said this was one of the 10 best movies he's seen in his life. And now he's going to hem and haw and pretend like there's a decision. Was Lock, Stock in the top 10 films of your life? Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. This is interesting. <sighs> Okay, well, you think, James? 100% yes. Yeah, easily. Yeah. Slam dunk. It's yeah. it's a winner, but let's hear your opinion, John. Yeah, I'm going to have to go. I am going to have to say See, it's better. See, because you made a big deal about this, we need kind of a, a breakdown of why. You need the breakdown yeah, of why. Yeah. yeah. Um, you, can, you can't do like big sigh and not give it us. So, Lockstock is more, it, it's more engaged with where I've come from, everything along those lines. And actually, if you really break it down, the performances in it are all relatively questionable for us to turn around and go, Vinnie Jones was great, considering it was just the first ever acting job, and we all thought he was quite good. Mm. Vinnie Jones being a good actor, that's not really a benchmark for everyone else in the in the movie, right? But I think this is just epic on all proportions in terms of performances, in Rain, terms Rain. of direction. Yeah, 
in terms of romance, in, in direction, emotional draw, engagement with the film. And like I said earlier, it is literally, I live in that film. I don't watch it. Yeah, I, it's I'm, sentimental I'm like, yeah, more than like quality it's, it's filmmaking just, objectively. Beautiful. Um, but yeah, my top 10 is really weird. So we'll have to go through that at some point. That'll start in the next episode. Of, no, the next bonus episode of Cinema Reels, we should do that. What well, top, top 10 top films? Tens. Weirdest, like, yeah, weird. Hers are going to be, hers are gonna be like gonna... unbelievable films that are well, really artsy and art house. And we're gonna, I'm gonna you're be... going to be cartoon centric and I'm going to be random as hell. I'm going to be livid the whole time because I will say some old movie, you won't know about it. I'll just have to give myself a monologue about how great Barbara Stanwyck is. Like, I don't know. Who? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right, we're going to move on to, you know what? Speaking of things you don't know, it's quiz time. (laughs) (laughs) All right, as you guys know, the winner of the quiz gets to choose heads or tails for the next film, not to mention bragging rights. I cannot remember who won the last quiz. It appears to have been John, which means James. We are going to have John go first on the first question and you answer, correct? We'll go with that. Okay, all right. First question, Tom Cruise did not receive an Oscar nomination for Rain Man. Can you name which of these other films he did not get? So which of these movies was Tom Cruise not nominated for? Oh, seriously, has he ever been nominated? Multiple times. Oh, God. Born on the 4th of July, A Few Good Men, Jerry Maguire, and Magnolia. Which of these was he not nominated for three of them he was born on the 4th of july okay um jerry Maguire. the answer is a few good men what he was not nominated for a few good men okay great performance though like another one where i'm like you guys are not liking tom cruise i'm not a big magnolia person but these other three are bangers man all right next question how many hotel rooms does Caesar's Palace currently have? 2,500, 3,200, 4,000, or 5,000? James. Oh, I haven't got a Scooby-Doo. Um, I'm just going to have to guess. Uh, 4,000. John? Remind me of the ones below that. 2,500 or 3,200? I think it's 32. It is 3,978, so I round up and said 4,000. So James gets the point on that one. All right. Why are you that? (laughs) Director Barry Levinson collected the Oscar for his work on Rain Man, but in 1988, he actually had another film he directed that was a box office smash. Which film was it? Cocktail? Diner, Good Morning Vietnam, or Moonstruck? I Good Morning Vietnam is an amazing film, but I don't think that was box office. I might be wrong, but I'm going to go Moonstruck. All right, James. Here's a question. Have you heard of or seen any of these films? Good Morning Vietnam. Yeah, I've, seen, I've seen Good Morning Vietnam. Um, Everybody's seen that yeah. clip. I've seen Good Morning Vietnam. I, I I don't know, and I'm actually going to go with what you didn't go for with Good Morning Vietnam. Okay. The answer 
is Good Morning Vietnam. I'm surprised by that. That just is... feels like a film that... I was surprised too, which was why I kind of made a question around it. This movie was the third most popular film of 1988 behind only Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Coming film. to America. Eddie Murphy. Yes, Eddie Murphy. James, in the classic Abbott and Costello skit, Who's on First?, the name of the second baseman is A, what, B, why, C, how, or D, where. Oh, I have no idea. So how? What? John is correct. It is what. <laughs> he is what. You've been sat that eager there. Yeah. You? yeah. <laughs> All right. So James 2, John 1, and James the last question is a pick a number question. Oh. And, <laughs> and, but no, it's it's in your favor because John has to pick the number first. So okay. on either side of it. You know, reverse it, bro. Either side of it, whoever is closest to the number. Okay. The 1949 Buick Roadmaster used in Rain Man was sold at auction last year. Yeah. What price did it fetch, John? One point. One million dollars. James. I assume like that's too high. So you're gonna go one thousand or one million ninety-nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine dollars? Yeah, we're gonna go for that one. We're gonna do the jump. Winner is James. It yeah. was three hundred fifty thousand. Do you know I was gonna say that? No, he was well, you, said well, you know what? I was gonna say no, I was gonna say low. Was 1. 1 million. Million no, I was gonna say low, head. but then I kind of thought it's quite an iconic film. Tom Cruise would have driven it. That's not what they're driven at. It was in really good condition. Was it kept in really good condition? I mean, it was in good condition 35 years ago. As a salesman, I'd think you'd be able to pinpoint a good price for this. You've just outsold the or valued. All right, James, you are the winner of this week's quiz. So our two movies for next time are... The name is going to be, I think, a little mysterious to people. A relatively new film called Pinball or... Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. So tell me what side of the coin Fear and Loathing is going to be. Heads or tails? Tails. All right. Flipping, flipping, flipping. We're watching Fear and Loathing yeah. in Las Vegas next, which is going to be another opportunity for James to plead to our boss to send him to Vegas for <laughs> research purposes. Uh, be sure to check that out. And we will chat with you next time, talking more about Vegas and more about gambling on the next episode of Cinema Reels. Bye.